We're looking at this series, The 40 Days of Prayer. And today, our theme is praying in five dimensions. You see, I think as Christians, we can kind of get into bad habits. And one of the habits we can sometimes get into is that our prayers can become one-dimensional. And by that, I mean that we purely come to God on the basis of our need. Now, I want to say very clearly that that is a very valid prayer. God is our Father, and he wants us to talk to him about every aspect of our lives. But if that's the sole focus of our prayer life, What happens is we become very introspective and consumed with our story. And when that happens, prayer becomes more about negotiation and trying to get God to make life work for us. You see, when we become Christians, God invites us to be part of his bigger story. You know, Jesus told us not to worry about our lives. He said, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Because the pagans, in other words, people that don't know me, they're running after all of those things. But he said this, he said, you don't need to do that because your heavenly father knows. I just believe that is a word for someone this morning. Your heavenly Father knows. Your heavenly Father knows. Your heavenly Father knows. He knows what you need. And so Jesus said said to us, listen, don't be running after those things. Instead, seek first the kingdom and my righteousness, God's righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you as well. You see, the Christian life is a life of surrender. It's where we come before God each day and we say, here I am, Lord. Not my will, but yours be done. And as we seek to mature in our faith, we need to learn to come to God, not just on the basis of our need, We need to learn to pray in different dimensions. And that's what we're going to explore today. So the first dimension of prayer, and if you want to follow the notes there on the Bible app, so you can follow with me as I go through. The first dimension of prayer is I look backwards to the cross. I look backwards to the cross. You see, instead of starting my prayers with my problems for today or my fears, about tomorrow, I begin by thanking God for what Jesus has done for me. And that is a great way to start our prayers because it means that we begin with gratitude. You see, as I look backwards to the cross, I'm reminded of three things. Firstly, how deeply God loves me. You know, God was the one that initiated the relationship. He sent Jesus to this earth because he so wanted to connect with us. He initiated the relationship, he pursued us and he will continue to pursue us all of our lives. God loves you deeply. 
The second thing I'm reminded of as I look backwards to the cross is how costly sin and evil are. You see, 1 Peter tells us that sin and evil were so costly that they couldn't just be paid off with perishable things like silver and gold. Only Jesus' life could fully satisfy that debt. You see, Jesus gave his life as a ransom for you and for me. And the third thing that I'm reminded of as I look backwards to the cross is how completely I am forgiven. Our sin, our debt has been paid in full. There is nothing more to pay. Yesterday's sins, today's sins, future sins, when we confess them to God, they're forgiven. There is nothing more to pay. And I don't know about you, but that brings me tremendous joy. You see, when we look backwards to the cross, we enter God's presence with thanksgiving and thanksgiving releases joy. But it also gives us confidence. Confidence to approach God and to draw near to him. And I believe that is so important. Because one of the greatest barriers to prayer and indeed to coming into the presence of God is guilt and shame. How many of us would say that at times we come into the presence of God feeling on the back foot, so aware of the things we haven't done, of the times we haven't spent in his presence, of the mistakes that we've made that week. And you know, really, I think that's a hangover from our culture because we live in such a performance-orientated society where our performance equals our worth. But when we look backwards to the cross, we are reminded the cross has nothing to do with my performance or your performance. The cross has nothing to do with what you have done or haven't done. It's everything to do with what Jesus has done. We look backwards to the cross, we come to God with gratitude and that releases thanksgiving and joy and we come into his presence with boldness, with confidence, knowing that he'll receive us with open arms. One of the things that can be really helpful in this is to have a playlist. We don't just need a prayer list, we need a playlist. By that I mean collect some songs, download some songs about the cross that can remind you about the truth of what Jesus has done and what that means for us. For me personally, I, there's a, a song from Hillsong which is a few years old now, but it's still very much a part of my life. And it's called Man of Sorrows and there's an anthem in the middle of it and it says this, now my debt is paid. It is paid in full by the precious blood that my Jesus spilled. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me. Whom the Son set free, oh, is free indeed. I can't tell you how many times, yeah, amen. I can't tell you how many times in moments when I felt that resistance to come into God's presence and I felt overwhelmed with guilt and my own inadequacy, I've been able to call that to mind and just declare it in the name of Jesus, my debt is paid, it is paid in full. If you're here today and you're feeling overwhelmed by guilt and you're feeling that resistance, could it be that you've taken your eyes off the cross? Because I wanna 
remind you that there's an opportunity this morning for you just to turn your gaze back. Remember what Jesus has done. You see, there is no condemnation for those who love Jesus. There is only ever an invitation. An invitation to come. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus today. His arms are open wide for you. The first dimension of prayer is I look backwards to the cross. The second dimension of prayer is I look upwards into the eyes of my loving Father. I want to ask you a question. What kind of image comes to mind when you think about God? You see, Jesus taught us to call God our Father. You know what that's about? It's about identity. He wants us to know who we are, that we're his beloved children, that we've been adopted into his family, that we are precious and valuable to him. You see, the world tells us that we have to prove our worth. And so we fall into the trap of trying to spend our whole lives just trying to be somebody just trying to matter, just trying to find some significance when you already do matter. You already are significant. You're a child of God. You know, God doesn't want us to live like that on that emotional roller coaster up and down depending on external factors. This second dimension of prayer, as we look upwards into the face of our loving Father, it teaches us Instead of looking to the world for identity and significance, we look upwards into his face and we're reminded we're valuable because we're his. The more we get a revelation of our identity as God's children, the more secure we will be. You see, the fruit of identity is security. God wants you to be, to be secure. I look upwards into the face of my loving Father. You may not be aware of this, but when Jesus taught that to the disciples, that was really radical. It was really unheard of. They had never really addressed God in that way. They had the Old Testament, and in the Old Testament, God is referred to as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He's majestic. He's God Almighty. He's all-powerful, but not Father only a few times does it, does it mention that. It was radical when Jesus taught that. I want you to call God our Father. Think of God as your Father. That was new. But you know, I think that is just as radical today. Because none of us here have had a perfect earthly father. In fact, some of us may even have been harmed by our relationship or maybe lack of relationship with our earthly father. Maybe you're still dealing with some of the consequences of that in your adult life. And those experiences can make it difficult to accept God as a father. 
and understandably so. And so I just wanted to share something of my own story in this because I believe it will be helpful. I didn't have a great relationship with my dad. By the time I was in my final year at university, he was no longer in our lives. And to be honest, that was a great relief. I was just so pleased that we could just have peace and we could move on. But as time went by, I, I began to notice that experience had impacted me more than I realized. I realized that I was struggling with anxiety. But not only that, being part of the C3 church here, I began to observe how other dads related to their children. And I began to realize how much I'd missed out on. I can still remember when I first came to C3 back in 1997, which is more than 20 years ago, I can hardly believe that. I was actually studying a PGCE, so training to be a modern languages teacher at Homerton College, and the C3, we used to meet there as a church. And whilst I was studying for my PGCE, I was also um, working as a private tutor in order to just bring in a little bit of money. And one of the families at C3 at that time asked me if I would tutor their son in French. He was about, I think he was in year nine at the time, would have been about 14. And I went over to their house for the first time to do the first uh, tuition. And their mum actually asked me to stay for tea afterwards, and so I did. And we sat down after dinner, and we all sat around on the sofas and had a cup of tea and chatted and watched a bit of TV. And, but I noticed that the oldest son, who would have been in his late teens at that time, he really wanted to, like he made a beeline for his dad, and he just really wanted to be the one that sat next to his dad. And not only that, he like really sidled up to him, like he was really cuddled up to him and leaning in, and that was new for me. It really took me back because I'd never seen anything like that before. I'd never seen the child really want to be next to their dad, and certainly not a teenager. And you know, I, it just so took me by surprise. And over the years, as I observed these kind of interactions, or sometimes I'd hear my friends talking about how amazing their dads were and how proud of them they were and how protective they were, and I just had this increasing longing. I wish I had a dad like that. And you know, that is a very valid need. God's original design was that we would have both parents and that we would have loving parents. And we shouldn't feel ashamed for having that need. I knew as a Christian in my head that God was my father. But somehow that just seemed so alien to me. It wasn't that I didn't want that kind of relationship with God. It's just I didn't even know what that looked like. I didn't even know where to start. But something changed for me one day. In 2008, I was sat in a lecture at Hillsong College, a lecture on counseling. And the lecturer was talking about the fact that when we experience pain and trauma in our lives, that sometimes in those moments, what we do is we make promises to ourselves. We make decisions. We say things like, 
oh, I'll never trust again, or I'll never do this again. It's kind of a self-preservation. And right there in that lecture theatre, I just felt the Holy Spirit remind me of something that I'd said quite a lot, actually, in those early days, in my early 20s. I said, I don't need a dad, and I don't want a dad. I don't need a dad, and I don't want a dad. You see, the thing is, when we say those things, it becomes like a personal truth for us. It's not the truth, but it's our truth. And we spend the rest of our lives living out that. In that moment, the Holy Spirit reminded me, I'd totally forgotten that I used to say that. I just knew I need to talk to God about this. There was a break in the middle of the lecture and I went off by myself and I said, God, I'm, I'm so sorry that I said that. Please forgive me because I do need a dad. And I'm asking you, please, will you be my dad? And please, will you teach me what that even looks like because I don't even know where to begin. I want to tell you, something shifted that day. Do you know that your prayers are powerful? Something shifted that day. Not overnight, but little by little, things began to change. And as I observed other dads interacting with their children, I didn't feel pain or resentment anymore. I just took it as God trying to teach me about what a father is meant to be like and teach me something about what he is like and his heart as a father. That's more than 10 years ago today. And I can honestly say that God has more than answered that prayer. There have been so many moments over the years where God has revealed himself to me as a father. And I can tell you, he is the most wonderful father you could ever have. He is so loving. He's so kind. He's so gentle. So trustworthy. He is so faithful. He is a beautiful father. And you know, some of those conversations with my father, my heavenly father over the years have been about him helping me to see my earthly father through different lenses, to have compassion on him, to recognize it wasn't all bad. There were some good memories. And to be able to really forgive him. You see, we can't truly move on without forgiveness. But mostly, those times with my Heavenly Father have been about Him showing me in just so many practical ways how extravagantly He loves me and how deeply He understands me. I'm sharing this with you today because I know with absolute confidence that what God has done for me, he can do for you.
And so I'm going to ask you to do something really brave. If you're here today and, and you would say you can relate to any of that, and you've struggled really to have that connection with God as your father, and you say, you know what, Jen, I want it. I want, I want that father-daughter, that father-son relationship with God. Then I would love to pray for you right here and right now. But I'm going to ask you to do something, and this is going to require you to be brave. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. I could have done this in other ways, but I really felt that it was important that you stand. And so I want to invite you to stand to your feet. And I also want to say, this is not just for women. Guys, this is for you too. You know, sometimes I feel there can be so much pressure on men to be strong, to provide. But guys, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, you need this father-son connection. You need this father-son relationship. And so I'm going to invite you to, to stand to your feet. I'll just give you a moment. Come on, be brave. Be brave. We're all with you. We're all with you. We're family here. We're family. And we're all behind you, aren't we, church? We're all behind you. I just want to invite you to just put your hands out and get ready to receive. Get ready to receive the Father's love. I believe some of you, even as you've stood, chains have been broken off you in the name of Jesus. Even as you've stood up, shame has been broken off you in the name of Jesus. So Father, I thank you that you are here. And in the name of Jesus, I break off an orphan-hearted spirit and Father, I release a spirit of adoption in this place in the name of Jesus. And I declare over these people that have stood, over your sons and daughters, that they will declare from their own mouth, Abba, Father, that they will cry out, Dada, that they will cry out, Papa, that they will cry out, Daddy, that they will have such a close relationship with you, Father God, that others will look on and say, how does that work? How have you been able to move on? Father, I pray that you'd release healing. Lord, we declare the past is gone. This is a new day. It's a new horizon for them. It's a new chapter. The past is gone. We just break it off in the name of Jesus and we declare you are doing a new thing in their lives in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory and we thank you that you are our Father. Amen and amen. 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 God is good. God is so good. I want to commend you for your courage. And I'm excited to hear some of the stories that are going to come from this. So let's just recap. We're looking at the five dimensions of prayer. The first dimension of prayer is we look backwards to the cross. It's about gratitude. The second dimension of prayer is we look upwards into the face of our loving Father. It's about identity. 
and identity brings security. The third dimension of prayer is I look inward to Jesus living inside of me. And this is about character. It's about becoming more like Jesus. You see, when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. But at the same time, on the inside of us, there can be all kinds of other stuff. Maybe secret sins, maybe resentment, maybe some anger, maybe frustration, some bad attitudes maybe. So as we come to this third dimension of prayer and we look inwards to Jesus living inside of us, really we're asking the Holy Spirit, show me the things I need to change. Show me the things I need to change in order to become more like Jesus. I can guarantee if you pray that prayer, God will find a way to show you, to make it clear to you. And honestly, it's not to condemn you because there is no condemnation. It's because he wants to invite you to change. Not only to invite you, he'll give you the power to change. He wants to form that Christ-likeness in you to, to become like Jesus. You know, a really good place to start with this is Galatians 5, which talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And really what that's about is about the evidence of Jesus working in our lives. So it talks about the fruit, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, faithfulness, gentleness. All of these things are aspects of God's character. I wonder which one of those fruits God wants to develop, God wants to develop in your life at the moment. For me personally, God has really been speaking to me about patience. So last Saturday, I was meeting a friend for a coffee in the morning and I was already cutting it fine. I was running a bit late. And then I opened the, the curtains and realized, oh my goodness, it snowed last night and the car is covered in snow. And honestly, it wasn't just that this, the windscreen was frozen over. I mean, literally the car was covered in snow. So I messaged my friend and just said to her, I'm going to be a bit late. And then I asked my lovely husband, please can you get the snow off the car? Honestly, he, is, he always does it for me. Usually I don't even have to ask, but he was off doing his own thing. And so anyway, he's like, yeah, that's fine. He was going out for a walk anyway. So off he went and I continued getting ready, safe in the knowledge that he's got it taken care of. Anyway, I, I came down. I'm just putting my boots on, getting ready to go out, literally go out the door. And he knocks on, my husband knocks on the front door. So I opened it because he'd gone out the back. He's like, have you got the keys to the other car? I was like, I realized there's still, like, he's like, there's still snow on the car. Like, nothing's moved, nothing's changed with this picture. And so I said, why do you need the keys to the other car? He goes, well, I need to get the scraper. I was like, the scraper? He said, yeah, I need to get the scraper. So anyway, he goes off. I'm thinking, the scraper is about, like, two inches wide. Like, how are you going to get the scraper to the car? Anyway, so I'm inside, and right now I'm having a battle. In, in my head. There's a battle going on in my head because I'm thinking, I know how this is going to end, okay? I've, it's not like this is a new scenario, okay? I'm like, Jen, you just need to leave it. You just need to leave him. Let him get on with it. Don't interfere. Don't interfere, Jen. You're going to regret it if you interfere. So there's this battle going on. All I can say is that I just couldn't contain myself that day. 
because I knew a better way to get snow off the car, because I'd seen this YouTube clip, okay, where you, where you get the, the brush and uh, like a sweeping brush, and then you put like a towel over it so it doesn't, the bristles don't scratch the car and everything. And so I just, I just couldn't take it any longer. So I rush out with this thing and I start madly like sweeping the car. Like, and John, my husband, looks at me and he's like, Jen, what are you doing? Honestly, he, I mean, he is so patient, which just makes me look worse, by the way. He's like smiling at me. I, I came in, back in, and I'm um, like covered in snow. I didn't even have a coat on, so my cardigan's like covered in snow, and my hands are like red raw. And he's gone off now to have his walk, and I was thinking, oh, I knew that I would regret it. Right now, I'm feeling really uncomfortable inside. And so I get in the car, and I'm driving to meet my friends, and I'm just talking to God, and I'm saying, oh, why do I do that? Like, why do I get, you know, so impatient about these things? And do you know what he said to me? He said, yeah, Jen, um, I think that's how you feel about me right now. He said, you're looking at your life, and all you can see is this huge mound of snow. And you feel that I'm out there just with a little two-inch scraper. I said, yeah, you're right. Because there's some things that I've been praying about, and I just thought maybe you'd have answered them by now. And you're right, Lord, I'm, I'm really struggling to trust you. And I just was able to talk to God about it and I just said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that I haven't trusted you. Help me to trust you again. I just give you these things that I've been praying for and I'm just saying again that I'm trusting your timing. I'm trusting that you've got this. You see, even in our failings, God is wanting to call us up higher. He wants to inspire us to be the person he's called us to be. He's so committed to our growth. And I don't know where you're at this morning, but I really want to encourage you to look inward to Jesus inside of you and ask him, what is it that you want to form in me in this season? The fourth dimension of prayer is I look around and I ask the Holy Spirit to use me. I look around and I ask the Holy Spirit to use me. And this is about availability. Do you know that God wants to use you? He wants to invite you into his grand plan and invite you to be a part of that. God has created you for purpose and significance. I just wonder how different our lives would be if we got up every day and we just said, here I am, Lord. I'm available to you. I just dare you to pray that prayer each day this week and just see what God will do. Can I invite the band to come? The fourth dimension of prayer is I look forward to my future in faith. I look forward to my future in faith. And this is when we begin to talk to God about our schedule, about what we've got going on, our concerns, our, our worries, our frustrations for that day, maybe our dreams for the future, maybe 
today or next week or this year or 10 years away, you know, God loves for us to talk to him about our lives. And this dimension of prayer is really about dependence. Who or what are you depending on today? I remember a few years ago, I was in was involved in a, a dragon's den kind of experience. It was called the lions and it was five intensive weekends and then it culminated in a dragon's den style pitch. And if you were successful, then you'd get some seed finance for your project. And, and not only that, but you'd get mentoring from the lions. And I was so excited about that and I really, really wanted to do it. But I remember one weekend I, I came home and I just really had this real sense of Jen, you know what, you're really striving. Like you're just so, you're just trying too hard. You know, you're trying to stand out. You're trying to impress them. And I was just thinking that through and thinking, what's that about? Why am I doing that? Why, what's, what's going on there? I came across a book called The Divine Mentor. The Divine Mentor. It's all about cultivating intimacy with God hadn't even even read a word of it, I was already convicted by the title. I said, Lord, am I seeking the lion's help more than your help? God, forgive me. See, there's a verse in scripture and it says that we know and rely on the love of God. We, We know the love of God and we rely on the love of God. But oftentimes I think we only do the first part of that sentence, we know the love of God, but are we really relying on it? Are we leaning into it? Are we leaning back in that love and feeling that security and feeling that sense of underneath me are the everlasting arms? You see, I look forward to my future in faith and I declare my dependence on God. You know what I've learned is people are a great resource to us. People can be a great help to us, but God is our source. God is the source of wisdom. He's the source of help. And He wants us to depend on Him for everything we need. As I was praying for today, I just had a real sense that some of you here, you're feeling maybe trapped. Maybe you're feeling as though there's others in your life that actually have more power over your future or your destiny. But I want to remind you that your destiny is in God's hands this morning. Your destiny is not in the hands of people, it's in the hands of God. I look forward to my future in faith and I declare my dependence on God. Can we stand in the presence of God? Five dimensions of prayer. I look backwards to the cross. It's about gratitude. It gives us thankfulness and confidence. I look upwards into the face of my loving Father. I'm reminded of my identity and that brings security. I look inwards to Jesus living inside of me. That's about character, forming that Christ likeness in me. I look around and I ask the Holy Spirit to use me. 
us about availability. And I look forward to my future in faith. I declare my dependence on God. If you're comfortable with this, I just wanna ask you to lift your hands and I'm gonna pray for you. Father God, I thank you that you see every hand raised. Lord, I include in this prayer anyone that will listen to this message on, online. And Father, I'm asking, Lord, that you would help us all to grow in our relationship with you, that you would help us to grow in our prayer life. Father, that you would expand our view of you, that you would expand our communication with you, Father God, that you would help us to pray in these different dimensions and to mature in you. And I ask it in the name of Jesus.